You're listening to Contesting Wrestling Minisode 32, in which we are reflecting on our week with the Empress of Tomorrow, which it's all it's always tomorrow, the tomorrow that she is referring to. It's not like it's not like the the Empress of Tomorrow, but the episode came out on Monday, so she was talking about Tuesday. So now it's not that. She's it's all it's the all the constant ever changing tomorrow. Yes. The future I, is always not now. And that's there, why you are never ready for Oscar. There, there used to be a pizza place on uh, Second Avenue that had a sign that said free pizza tomorrow. It was that. tomorrow. <laughs> well, wow. Evan cracked the code, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning. You figured it out. Ev- Evan Galaxy Brain Burke over here, but right? Season two, baby. We're in fucking well, season two now. Wow. I think uh, by definition, Ben, I think you have to actually give him your uh, doctorate of philosophy. <laughs> yes. Now. 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 Well, I think he's now eligible to have a doctorate of philosophy on a pole match with me to challenge for it. With you and Buff Bagwell. At and least Ho- that, yes. And Juventud Guerrero for some reason. A doctorate in the bank match, perhaps. There you go. <laughs> and who knows, like this year's Money in the Bank, what could be in the briefcase rather than a contract is in fact the raw women's title. Oh, because we were talking about uh, Katie, you mentioned that uh, were Oscar to win the raw women's championship, she would have then been the first person to have won all the things yep. in WWE. Um, yep. And uh, now she is. Yep. Raw women's title, SmackDown women's title, NXT women's title, Royal rumble money in the bank. Was it a good match? Well, it wasn't a good match. Uh, Becky Lynch just gave her the title because she's pregnant and is forfeiting it. So she revealed that the Money in the Bank match was actually for the title. They just didn't tell them that until after. Right. I was going to say, if you actually want to go by the title lineage, Becky vacated it without telling anyone. And the belt was in the briefcase. That's what I was trying to say. It's yeah, a they great opened segment, up the but... briefcase, and it was a shocking like second to see the belt in the briefcase. I was I I just watched that segment uh, the other day, and I was in tears, man. It's it's super emotional. It's it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's it's really it was really well done, Asuka, Um, you know, she she managed to keep, you know, her her heel selfish heel character going on because she was so happy that she had the title, even though she didn't beat Becky. But in no way at all did she heal on Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch said, actually, "Yeah." Becky Lynch said to her, "She's going to be a mom." Asuka beamed and uh, and gave her a big hug and said congratulations and started chanting Becky, Becky to the nobody in the audience and then went back to celebrating the fact that she's the champion now. But I think that's still, that's Asuka's, that was Asuka's face turn. Yeah. I don't know about, I, I wonder, people have been speculating, Asuka might not have known, like, that Becky was pregnant. Like, maybe she knew she was getting the title, but it's entirely possible she didn't know exactly why. Her powers do have their limits. Yeah, so it would have been a genuine reaction. And it looked like she was very happy for Becky Lynch. Everybody's very happy for Becky yeah. Lynch, except except for Jim Cornette, who called her an idiot. Um, but everybody else is happy for Becky Lynch. Well, Jim um, Cornette can uh, swallow a gallon of his own farts. 
Yeah, I usually say like, oh, I don't want to bring up. No, I want to. I want to bring up Jim Cornette for a second. He was like, how could she get pregnant? She's on top. She continue. It's like there are more this. People, including top wrestlers, have things in their lives that are important that aren't wrestling. Becky made it to the top of wrestling. She got pregnant. She's deciding to have a kid. She'll probably come back promptly. And even if it's a question of, oh, you can make money for your family, she's had one of the biggest deals in wrestling for a few years. She's made a lot of money. Plus, she's married to Seth Rollins, who's been making millions of dollars a year for many years. They could both retire tomorrow and they'd be fine. Yep. Not to mention wrestling kind of sucks right now and continuing to be on top of a really shitty production is not going to do much for her long term. Whereas leaving now when she's still on top and no one's beaten her and then coming back in a year or two or whatever, she'll be bigger than she ever was. Yeah, I mean, this is I I don't know how this is going to come off, but I'm going to say it this way. For most people in society right now, now is a bad time to have a kid. For Becky and Seth, now might be the best time for them to have a kid. Because wrestling's in such shambles right now. It's like, what are you missing out on, you know? (laughs) There's no fans. Like, this would be the time to take a break. And it's not like they're... Like, I'm only assuming here, so if I'm wrong, sue me. Uh, They're probably pretty well off financially considering both of them have been at the top of their divisions for years. They don't seem like people who spend very recklessly either. And also, even even if society wasn't slowly dissolving at the moment, I mean, like, faster than it usually dissolves, but, you know, um, you know what I mean. General entropy, yes. Yeah. It would still be they're in a position where you can take a couple years off and come back, which is just the thing that the vast majority, uh, an option that the vast majority of people do not have. Speaking of the decay of society, Mm. I have to mention, since we're talking about Asuka and we're talking about Joshi, um, the unfortunate events of uh, a few days ago when um, Hana Kimura, the uh, 22-year-old Joshi star, uh, died under just the most awful of circumstances. Yes. It's just really fucking sad and makes you feel terrible about society and fucking goddamn uh, rest in peace. Hana Kimura. I had the chance to see her wrestle live last year when stardom, the promotion that she wrestled for did a show in the U S in, in the city. And she was by far the most, uh, impressive talent on the roster i thought she like i immediately thought this woman is going to be a megastar by all intents she could have been and uh yeah so it just really fucking sucks uh between like her and matt travis that's like two people who i thought would have played a huge role in the future of pro wrestling who we've lost within like the last year so that is a real drag yeah um Online uh, online bullying is real. Your favorite celebrities are people. Uh, We're all people. If you if you want to say something awful about somebody, um, and this is this is kind of an angle I haven't really seen because uh, most of the angles are like just don't say it. That's that's not true. If you really want to say something awful about somebody, find somebody that you know and trust, and and maybe you think would agree with you. Maybe say it to them in private. 
and then have maybe a private conversation about it where you get out your aggressions. Don't immediately go to a place where you think the person you've never met uh, will, uh, uh, where you think they will see it and then, you know, tell them to kill themselves and stuff like that. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. I know some of you think, well, what if this? No, don't ever do that. Not everything needs to be said publicly that you think. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. They, you don't need to. There is such a compulsive need that people have sometimes to like let their displeasure be known. And it's just like if you are, you know, like I, it's some, you know, look at like the like death threats video game developers get when, you know, a game comes out yeah. and like doesn't have a feature that was mentioned in a fucking article about the game two years ago. And that's especially if that feature is a homogenous white cast. And it's just like that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like this is in, in this, I am somebody who believes in the basic humanity uh, and dignity of all human beings. But this is a, that is a scenario where your feelings don't matter. Oh, the thing didn't have the fucking thing that you want. Oh, the mat, you didn't like the wrestling match. Nobody cares. And I would venture a guess that most of the time people's anger or that that it is coming from a place from a place of pain in their own life that they can't find uh, an outlet for and stuff. But like, that's not an excuse. That's that's why that's exactly why I say if you find that you have that find somebody to talk to about it privately. Don't immediately attack the subject of your anger. I mean, the subject of your anger may very well be yourself. In more positive Joshi news, um, Hikaru Shida uh, became the AEW women's Hell champion. Yeah, in a great match, weekend. too. Yeah, with, with Nyla Rose. So now the top women's titles of the two biggest promotions in North America, the WWE and AEW, are held by Japanese women. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Sheeta is part of a part of a conundrum that AEW has had since the beginning of their women's division. Like since the beginning of AEW, they've gotten a lot of flack for having kind of a lackluster women's division. I don't know. Whenever I see their women's division, <clears throat> I think it's like I think the wrestling is fine, uh, but there are a couple of problems. The WWE has signed so many of the top women over the last five or six years that their pickings were not as thick as they could be. Secondly, they decided like uh, because so many of the principles of AEW are such big fans of Japanese wrestling, they hired a lot of Joshi. And the Joshi are great, and uh, but a lot of them don't know English very well. And that means that that severely limits the way they can be characters on American television. Sheeta's a, a great wrestler, and she's They're done a couple of like basic promos in English, but if she wants to actually become a bigger star in America, she needs to reconcile that one way or another. Or AEW needs to find some kind They're of manager for these people to talk for them. Either would work. They're also undersized and need to be kind of dominant because they're already big stars. But then visually, it looks a little weird. Um, and also, yeah, also to your point, Doc, not only do they not know English that well, but they really, they, you know, I think it might have been a little bit early for Sheeta just because we haven't learned who she is as a character, really. Whereas Nyla has been, they've invested a lot in. 
and has been fairly well developed. I thought it was a little soon for her to be dropping. The yeah, I thought it was a little soon for Nyla too. Now, don't get me wrong; I was thrilled for Sheeta. I'm thrilled for Sheeta, but it just sucks that Nyla's reign kind of got such a short end of the stick just because of when it happened. Yeah, you know, during you know gestures around. Yeah, it definitely uh, seemed uh, as much as like Sheeta is worthy of being a champion. It definitely seemed like I don't know a title change just to do a title change. We can nitpick about that for a while. I enjoyed uh, Double or Nothing uh, a lot. Um, oh, I like same. their it was crazy. Great. Uh, what did they call it? The Gridiron. Uh, what was the, it called? The, the Stadium the Stadium Showdown. Stadium showdown. Match, right? the stadium sh- I thought that it was, was Stadium Stampede. Stadium Stampede. Stadium Stampede. Uh, that was pretty right. cool. We, we've watched. Yeah. The Return of Mad Bats. Right. We, we've watched most yes. of the like recent cinematic stuff on this podcast. I don't know if we're going to watch this or not, but it was very entertaining. Everybody, everybody played their part it well. Was. Sammy Guevara is becoming a star in front of our eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the Moxley Brody yep. Lee match was Showed really that good. Brody can do that. It's great seeing those two on yet another stage because I've seen them in a tiny wrestle in a tiny room with only a couple hundred people. I've seen them wrestle at WrestleMania in a football stadium full of eighty thousand people, and now you know AEW. Now they're they're wrestling for the the top of uh, of this relatively new promotion. So that was cool. Um, I have a couple more things I want to talk about. One, Evan, you, we watched this match between Kana and Mako Satomura, which you pointed out, you know, sort of emphasized the theatrical nature or the connection between wrestling and theater mm-hmm. more than you usually see. I wanted to point out how this is also a specifically Osakan kind of vibe. So Asuka is from Osaka, Japan, and Osaka is known for its history of theater and comedy and that kind of thing. So she I think she's really bringing her like uh regional Japanese uh flavor to to everything about her her gimmick actually. Kind of like the Chicago of Japan where it's not as big as and well-known as the other two cities, which are arguably more cosmopolitan, but also has its own super intense, super rich history of theater and music and shit. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, as an American, I need to filter all things through that filter or yeah, else. Right, uh, right, and no, I need to, and I demand the right to use the same word twice in a sentence. While describing itself, you know what I'm saying. Carry on. So, um, last thing, you, you talked about how Ruby Riot uh, started her career, or at least early in her career, she wrestled for the Insane Clown Posse. Yes. And their promotion. Uh, there was an interview. Our friend Miguel from Spain sent me in a recent interview with Violent J of the Insane Clown Posse from uh, Stereo Gum where he talks in depth about their experiences with pro wrestling. And I found that really interesting. So people should check that out. We should, I, we should review that and talk about it on the next mini. So we can do a whole insane clown posse. episode. I'm there. Uh, Abracadabra, boom, shock, boom, shock a day. I'm violent. And I'm back like a vertebrae. Uh, I have always kind of felt (laughs) that like my, my number one, I, the Insane Clown Posse are, for me, the number one, like, I don't really want to have anything to do with this, but I'm just really happy you guys are out there doing what you're doing. Yeah. Being, yeah. I'm glad we live in a society that can support the Insane Clown Posse and their and their efforts. Yeah. And uh, 
Uh, and well. yeah, so but uh, I just but I I don't need to be I don't need to like. So one of the it. big revelations from the interview is that they thought of themselves as wrestlers growing up, right. first and foremost. And then it, at some point, the rap thing started to work out and they were like, it was actually really a source of conflict for them, like deciding to give up on their wrestling dreams being their primary focus and then to, to shift to, to rap and hip hop and that kind of thing. It's a, look, we all have to make that decision for ourselves. <laughs> hip hop or rap? Are, are we going to be, yeah, are, are we going to be wrestlers or are we going to be clown themed rappers? Uh, you know, it's it's Musicians. it's all it's all yeah. it's all well and good to be like, oh, you know, ICP. That's that's kind of silly, but like, a lot of rappers rap about being poor. ICP, I think, are the only rappers I've ever heard that like really glorified living as being poor. Like we broke, we don't got nothing here. We got our liquor and our homies, and we're and happy a about full it. Full of fat chicks. Yeah, and we we can still be cool even though we're poor. But they're like punk rock in a way. Yeah, that I'm pretty sure they're. St- way, I'm pretty sure they're happen? still poor. Like I don't think for the for how many juggalos there are and how much the juggalos support, yeah. I can't imagine they're really hauling in that much money. So, I mean, by now, like, they've had enough years of, of doing well yeah. that they're all, that they have a lot of money. I remember an interview with them years ago in Alternative Press magazine where it's like they're, you know, our, our reporters with Violent J and his, like, pickup truck that, like, buzzes like you wouldn't believe. And he's talking about getting money because they had just gotten money, really, for the first time over the years, couple years previous. And, you know, Jay is just like, man, there's like millionaires and then there's like guys that got a million dollars. And like, I'm a guy that's got a million dollars. And here's how. Listen to my car, <laughs> like the car buzz. And he's like, but I bought a mom, my mama house. So that's cool. He's like, and then he, they, we went to Shaggy Two Dope's house where half the psychopathic rappers crew were there. They put on an unmarked VHS tape and then started silently studying Japanese wrestling. It's like, yep. that's ICP um, for you, right? So by now, I'm sure they have quite a fortune amassed, but that's after, you know, they've always, they are a very unique yeah. case. A very unique yes. case. Alrighty. This has been Contesting Wrestling. <laughs> if you enjoy our banter, you should check out our weekly bonus episodes on Patreon for $5 a month. If you want to support us, but you don't want to go with full five bucks. We have an option where for $1 a month, you get access to the main feed episodes a couple weeks in advance. And um, you should hit us up on Twitter just to say hi. Or if you think that there's anything that we should cover on the show. Or if you think there's anything we got wrong. Any points we should bring up on future minisodes. That Patreon is patreon.com slash contesting wrestling. Um, I don't know. Can they search for us now? Because I think for so. A while, I th- people were having I problems. I think you should be us. able to search for us. If not, if we don't come up, just go to Patreon.com/slash/ContestingWrestling. This is due to the fact that I misunderstood uh, what the con- what they meant by explicit content. You know what? It's not important. It's not. Nobody cares. We don't need to. We don't, look. I ruminate look. on my failures all day. I don't need to do it on this podcast. <laughs> look. What is important is the. Only way to defeat the Paw Patrol is yeah. with Juggalos. Juggalos trained in the art of hand of hand to hand combat. Yeah, but hand to yeah. paw combat. With a hatchet. There you go. Yeah, get it right, Evan. I I will um, not. Yeah, so 
so yeah, follow us on Twitter at ContestingW. W. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Dr. Diamond Fire. It's Dr. Diamond Fire. Uh, follow me on Twitch at Doc Diamond Fire. I've been, you know, to cope with all of this streaming. I've been on Twitch seven days a week. And it's been a ton of fun. Uh, Katie, you've been on Twitch too. Yes, at over here counting. She's over there counting. Well, she's over. I here am counting. running Pokemon Nuzlocks. It's a great time. Uh, follow great. me at Scribe Ben on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Uh, I've got a bunch YouTube. of stuff on my YouTube page. Some surprises and um, more stuff to come. So, and the entire God Ox Abyssal Gigantism record. If you like our uh, theme song. You can listen to the whole album. It's a album really great record. Oh, yeah, one day we will make another one. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Evan Burke, etc. But if you're go- if you're coming to me for wrestling stuff, be prepared to be disappointed. This is do it anyway. Yeah, you should follow me anyway. But uh, just don't don't expect bother him about wrestling. Don't expect. <laughs> please, please don't do that. No, actually, do that. I'm so desperate for human company. This has been contesting wrestling. Thank you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.